Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. Preaching, I still get nervous when I get up to preach because it's God's word. Amen. But I've told these guys to, to trust the Holy Spirit and, and put the put the put out what the Lord puts in their hearts. Amen. They're gonna they're on time. They've got 10 to 12 minutes, so if they get over that 12 minutes, begin to go like that to them, because I told them, you can preach over 12 minutes if you want, but it'll be the last time you ever preach in this church, amen. So we got Jesse and Nestor and Brian, amen. Let's give them a hand as they come tonight to give the word of God that the Lord has put on their hearts. Praise the Lord. How's everybody doing? I'm just going to uh, get right into the Word, if that's all right. I'm going to, uh, I had a message all prepared and ready to go, and this morning, about 3 o'clock this morning, I woke up, and uh, the words in my mind were transformation. So I changed completely what I was going to talk about. And if anybody knows me, they... I'm kind of a private person. I don't put out a lot of my past that's gone on. But if we'll go to Acts chapter 9, this chapter is uh, very important to me because it's what saved me from what I was doing, from what I was going through to where I'm at now. Amen? Because I wasn't a very nice person. You guys wouldn't have liked me very well. (laughs) I didn't like myself. It says, and Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went into the high priest. Now, if you read before that in chapter 7, verse 58, it talks about when they stoned Stephen. They said they laid their clothes, their, probably their jackets, at the feet of a young man who was Saul, and that he, he approved the stoning. Amen. Then in verse 2 it says, And desired of him letters to Damascus to the synagogues, that if he found any this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecute thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? So he knew who it was, amen? And it says, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. And it is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And then the new King James says, goads. So I read that and I thought, what are they talking about? So I had to look that up real quick. And what it is at the back of the plow, they put these little spikes. Because the mules want to kick and it keeps them from kicking. So when I read this again then I see that I think Jesus was after him for a long time. So he was just, he was kind of like we do sometimes. We, we hide around the corner because we just don't want to do what God wants us to do. Amen. And, he, and the Lord, in verse 6, And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what will thou have me to do? 
And the Lord said unto him, Arise, go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. Saul rose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man, so he was blind. But then they led him by hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was there three days without sight, neither did he eat nor did he drink. Amen. The reason this is uh, so important to me, this chapter, is when I was, when I was young, I didn't have uh, a very good upbringing. I didn't have any guidance, anybody to tell me what to do or what not to do. So my reign of terror, I guess you could say, started when I was about 13 up to about when I was 19 years old. I, uh, I was heavy into uh, drugs. I didn't use a lot of drugs, but I dealt a lot of drugs. I ruined a lot of people's lives, but I, at the time, I didn't care. I guess uh, I created people like Jesse, that the uh, addicts. The, you know, meth wasn't a big thing, but uh, cocaine and heroin, they were the quickest way to get somebody hooked. And that my, was my lifestyle. I wanted out of it really bad. And when I was about 19 years old, is around that time when I met my wife. And she's not here tonight. But uh, I never met anybody like her that uh, could love me unconditionally. No matter what I did or what my past was. And she was the one that actually led me to God through, through her grandfather. Her grandfather brought this up to me and told me it didn't matter what I'd done in the past. It didn't matter from this time forward. Pastors preached on this before, that this time forward on is what matters. So what you've done back here doesn't matter. So he showed me this. And show me that if you just if you repent and you just put your belief in Christ that He is who He is, and go forward and you don't go back, Amen. So from that point forward, that's what I did. I brought Jesus into my life, and I went forward and not looking back. Um, You have to excuse me, but uh, I get a little choked up when I think about the things that I did. You know, a lot of people don't start doing things until they're 18 or 19 years old. And I'd already done so much from the time, until that time. But we all know that uh, even though we come to Christ, we still have to deal with the seeds we planted. Amen? The things that we've done before, you know, I was, I was tired. I was tired of looking over my shoulder, don't know who your friends are, who your enemies are. You know, I did a lot of bad things. And I, don't think, I couldn't think of anybody that would forgive me for what I've done. But uh, they showed me this verse in Acts, and there's lots of them. I guess if there was a uh, title for my... Uh, message would be your transformation. So if you're in a situation you don't think you can get out of, that's a lie from the devil. Amen. 
All you have to do is you just have to repent. Believe that Christ is who He is, that He died for you, for me. And that was hard for me to understand how if He had died for nobody else, He would have died for me. Amen? So, it's very powerful. You know, it's just uh, my biggest influence, I think, was my brother. I had an older brother that spent probably more time in jail than he did out of jail, but not for a short time for his whole life. He was that way. But he got me started in, into, the, into doing drugs, and, you know, I was, I was from a very poor family, so that was a quick way for me to grab money. Amen? This year, and I think it's just been weighing heavy on my mind, and I'm not sure really why. Maybe I've just, it's taken this long for me to uh, reach that plateau in my life where I just have peace, if that makes sense. Because it'd be 35 years in July that I actually was baptized and received the Holy Ghost. I was 19 when I gave my life to Christ but it was probably like four years later before I actually was baptized. But I never look back. You know, I've, I've used my past to, um, to help other people to know that they, they can be saved no matter what they've gone through. You know, we, uh, and I've, I'm guilty of this too, that we sometimes see people that... Uh, homeless or on the street and we just kind of automatically in our mind we look down on them but we don't know them we don't know their situation there's you know like pastor said you don't have to you don't have to work at being bad it just comes natural amen <laughs> so we just have to be careful not to judge people for what they've done you know for a long time, I didn't, I didn't talk about my past because I thought people would look at me different. They would put me down or they would just kind of shove me aside. But God showed me that you can use your past greatly to help people come, come to Christ. Amen? I think Jesse, he's a, he's a good example for me that uh, he's not ashamed of where, what he came from, where he came from, but to know that God's got hold of you and could save you. Are you going to stumble and fall? I have. I admit it. You know, but I can look at it kind of like an uh, Olympic runner that's running. If they fall down, they don't stop, get up, and go back to where they came from and start over. They get up from where they're at, and they continue the race. And that's what I'm going to do. And from this day forward... Till my time is up, that's what I'm going to do, is just keep running the race. Amen? Amen. So I hope that uh, this will help somebody, you know, know that no matter what goes on in your life, don't give up. Just keep going forward, and uh, God will take care of you. You know, you have to deal with your past when you come to God, like I said, but the advantage you have is now you have God on your side. And it makes going through troubles a lot easier. Amen? Amen. Thank you.
Good job, Jesse. Ooh. Earlier I felt so much pressure. Y'all probably wouldn't see me here. <laughs> but I'm good now. Um, my title is um, In His Hands. I want to pray to God and um, give him thanks for giving me the opportunity to be up here. And I ask him, and I give him thanks for putting this in my heart. And I ask him to please help me, lead me to deliver this as he put it in me and, and to be a seed and, or water for anyone out here. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, Psalms 91.1. It's a verse that I, I love to go to. I'm going to try to not just read this because I'm going to probably sound like a robot because <laughs> I don't know how to do my my commas and all that. But um, Psalms 91.1. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will remain secure and rest in shadows of the Almighty, whose power, whose power no enemy can withstand. I go to this a lot because sometimes we can go through things in our life financial, you know, problems with family members, problems, you know, sometimes they, it ain't even my problems. It could be uh, my fam, like church family's problems or just friends, and it can wear down on us. But I come to realize that this promise here lifts a huge weight out of my shoulders um, from the struggles, and they don't matter what shape and form when I go back to this verse. Um... Just like my son, um, Benji, be singing around the house. I go back and think how he sings. But my God is so big, so strong, and so mighty. Um, there is nothing my God cannot do. And I believe that. And I stand, I stand tough with that because I've been through some things just like um, Jesse has. And I believe that, you know, God loves, loves for us to have that confidence to grow. And like in Romans 8:28, he says, and we know with greater confidence that God, who is deeply concerned about us, causes all things to work together as a plan for good for those who love God, to those who are called according to his plan and purpose. And I believe Jesse was called for his plan and purpose because you see the difference, the growth from how he explained 13 to 19 and what he was doing. And now... I, he never told me this, and I could not imagine Jesse doing this. He, yeah, he's, he's, he's a wonderful man. I love him. In and out of our storms, he always, he's always at work. And like Romans 8, 8.28 says, he causes all things to work together as planned, and that's true. The best thing about this is um, I think about it, and I, I try to put it in my, in my mind, and and place it in my heart that um, everything that I go through is growth, regardless of what situation I'm, I'm, I'm being placed on. It's just a matter of how I take it. I could either take it the long way or God's way. And, and we all know God's way is way better than ours. So I suggest y'all, you know, just, just read and follow, follow. You know, following your word, seek him. You know, I believe that the shelter of the most high is his word. Because I know before I even received this word, 
even when I was coming, I would listen to the sermons. But if pastor would not have shown me from the Bible, his word, I would not have changed. I would be in the same place I would have been before. So I, I believe that his shelter is, is his word. Because when I do fall back and I like Jesse say, sometimes we trip and fall, stumble. And most of the time, make my, in, my, in my situation, is because I lack reading. I forget to read or I get too busy, too comfortable. And I believe that that happens to me all the time when I do not get in his shelter. He cannot cover me through my trials and storms. When I'm not in his word, I'm not in his, in, in his shelter. So, I, you know, I, I love the way God just uses every opportunity in life just to teach us to grow, just just to stand out, not just to grow for our own benefit, but to grow for each and every one of us here as the body of Christ, to go grow, grow with each other, to help each other. Because sometimes there's situations that I deal with, and I can talk to somebody here, and all of a sudden they just they, they put oil in my lamp. <laughs> you know, and it, it, it brights me up and it makes me, you know, stand tough and, and, and keep on going. And I believe that, you know, we, that's, that's the purpose that God has for us. It's one of his purposes that he has for us to grow, grow in his ways, in his manner. And I, I thank him for all that he does. He's, he's good. And, you know, I, I'm trying not to read this because then I get all confused. But, um. God's good. He's been so amazing. And I, I, I ask y'all, if you ever go through trials and tribulations, you know, you always have the body of Christ here. We're all here together. We're all here to pray together. We're all here to help each other. And it's, 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 a, it's a way of just succeeding to mature in everything he teaches us, to not, to not be able to, you know, just have the body of armor, the God, um, Armor of God says, you know, we can withstand all the things that come at us, you know, and it, I think it's a good way to, 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 to live because you live peaceful regardless. There'll be times where I can't even pay rent, and it's hard. And there'll be times I, I, um, I deal with my job the way they pay, and they won't pay me like three, four weeks, almost a month. And it's crazy because before I probably would have took a welding rig or – you know, probably would have broke into the shop and took stuff. But now it's like I have this peace that I know God. I'm in his hands. And I thank him. And um, how much time do I have? <laughs> I want to preach again. <laughs> um, and I thank him. But, yeah, um, I believe that we, have, we all have a, a purpose in life. And one of the main purposes is to, you know, hold each other's hands and, and you know, guide each other. You know, I know sometimes some some may not want to, but you know, it's 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 our it's our duty to keep on regardless. And I thank God for all that He's done in my life, and I thank Him for the growth, the way He has taught me to be a better man, and a better father, and a better a better person to talk up here because I probably would have been stuttering before more than I am now. And I thank Him, and I thank y'all for listening, and. I'm going to close this down saying thank you. Amen.
normally when I get started, I, I have a couple jokes to lighten the mood. But I felt like with 12 minutes, it's going to make it a little tough. But since Nestor finished kind of early, I don't know if that means I have a couple extra minutes. I don't want to be the person who you guys got to do this to. There's nothing worse than having two great messages and everybody goes home remembering how Brian got kicked off because <laughs> he took too long. So if you can bear with me, um, I want to talk about something that happened to me recently. And it's, it's along the same lines of some of the stuff we just talked about with Jesse, talking about <clears throat> how he's transformed by God and God doesn't care about your past. He just wants to meet you where you are. And how Nestor was talking about growth and pushing forward, it's almost like a progression. So about a week and a half ago, um, there's a kid in my basketball program whose dad I was pretty close to. Um, I knew them way back even before I was saved. When I got out of college, I worked with a smaller bat. Well, it's not small now. They have actually a lot of people. It was a basketball program. Wasn't that talented, but it kind of showed me that if I want to make a career out of basketball outside of playing, that it's possible. So I met that family there. Um, they had a son who's now 19. And then at that time, their younger son was like in second grade or something. And I, I stayed in touch with them. And then over the years, we kind of reconnected. And the guy, uh, his name is Jim. He, we probably, probably like three years ago or so, um, we ran into each other. Actually, we ran into each other before that at a gym where I was just getting started. So my program was really, really small. And it was over the holidays. So we had a lot of kids missing. They didn't tell me that they were going to miss. So we were scrimmaging another team. The other team had like 10 people there, and we had four. And in basketball, you got to play with at least five. So I was looking around like, what can I do? What can I do? And this, these were sixth graders. So I saw the guys, Jim's youngest son, who was in third grade at the time. And I was like, hey, Q, do you, do you want to play? And he was like, sure. So uh, another kid on our team came. So I took him out because you can't have a third grader out there with sixth graders. So as I was coaching and we were, and we were going through the scrimmage, I just felt like somebody like tapping like my knee. And I looked down, and it's him. He was like, are you going to put me back in? And I was like, no, but go ahead. So years passed. So he was in third grade at that time. And like three years ago, me and his dad reconnected. And he just wanted uh, me to be back in his kid's life a little more. He wanted me to coach his son. By then, his son gotten better. And he trusted me. And he always said that it's bigger than basketball. My sons need a mentor. And <clears throat> his son's talented to the point where he could play for any team in the state easily. But fast forwarding, his dad actually passed away last Sunday. And uh, I was at the hospital with his family. And his son, he's 14, he told me, he was like, they actually gave my dad 18 months to live um, three years ago. So it was one of those things where I start to think about it like, okay, that was around the same time that we reconnected and he really pushed for me to be involved in his son's life and be a mentor around the same time he knew he had a little bit of time to live. So going through that and being at the hospital, I was at the hospital this Saturday before he passed, and then I was there that Sunday when he passed. And just leading up to that time, it made me really think, like, in this walk, you have to constantly be growing. Like, it, it's, it's not good enough to just stay in the same spot 
it's not, it, I can't remember, I think it might have been, um, yeah, it was uh, Casey was talking about being persistent in prayer when he talks about praying without ceasing. And there were a lot of times where I'd get up in the morning, I'd pray because I know I'm supposed to pray. I go to church because I know I'm supposed to go to church. And obviously I believe there was never a time where I doubted if Jesus was real or doubted my salvation. But there was definitely moments where it was just kind of going through. And it was where I knew, okay, well, I know I'm not out here um, doing something crazy or living a life of sin, but at the same time, you're not growing. And in this situation, it made me realize I have to be growing because who knows how many situations God has right in front of us where you're, God's going to use you to help this person or help this situation or bring people together. And if you're not in a spot where you're growing, he can't use you. And, and, it, and it made me really think, like, I know now I have a responsibility. I was talking to the kid's mom at the hospital. I know I have a responsibility to make sure, and this is a great kid, Christian kid, that he has to make it through. His parents trusted me. His dad trusted me. So now, as a mentor and a kid who's going to eventually be at uh, the school I coach at, it's my job to continue to be an example. Because in situations like this, as a 14-year-old, to lose a parent, you can go different directions. So it really made me wake up and know, you know what, the times where maybe I just hit snooze in the morning or, okay, I'm going to get to that prayer later or let me say this couple-minute prayer and read a little bit and be done, those days are over with. Because when God calls us, he doesn't call us to stay put. He doesn't call us to just continue to go through the motions, be happy with our salvation. He wants us to reach out to others and have other people be saved and just be a light and be an example. If you can open up with me to 2 Timothy chapter 4. Now, sometimes I try to tell myself, I'm not nervous. I'm, I'm calm. And now, look, I, have, I literally have... I don't know how many papers I have in here. I don't even know what's the point of all this. So, 2 Timothy chapter 4. Say amen when you get there, please. Okay, let's go. Chapter 4, beginning in verse 1, it says, I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word, exclamation point. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and teaching, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. And they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. So we can, we can read that as people who go to church and, and easily be like, well, that, that's not me. I'm in church. I'm praying. Well, the same people that the Apostle Paul sent this to, they were in church too. And this isn't even in 1 Timothy. This is in 2 Timothy. So he's had multiple conversations, and he's still warning us. You look at the exclamation point when he says to preach the word. And it, and it says, for the time will come when they will endure, 
when they will not endorse sound doctrine. How many of us know somebody who maybe when we got saved, they were saved long before us, or maybe they're an example to us back when we got saved, and, and now they're not even serving the Lord? It, this can be any of us. Whether you've just been saved, you've been saved forever, no matter where we are, we all fit into this. And it's important that in these times that we're living in, we don't want to go back and we don't want to fall short. If you can go with me to Joshua chapter 23. And even as we read in Joshua, he's talking, he, Joshua gets all the, the elders together in Israel, all the Jewish people who went through the promised land. And, and he's, he's, getting, he's gotten old at this point in time. So he had one last, I guess, farewell speech. And to us, it's easy to be like, why would they mess up? They just went through the promised land. They went through everything that they went through. They endured all those trials, tribulations. They don't need to be warned. Like, what, what would they fall short for? And we'll begin in verse 3, Joshua chapter 23. It says, You have seen all that the Lord your God has done to all these nations because of you. For the Lord your God is he who has fought for you. And let's also put ourselves in this story as we read it. It says, see, I have divided to you by lot these nations that remain to be an inheritance for your tribes from the Jordan and with all the nations that I have cut off as far as the great sea westward. And the Lord your God will expel them from before you and drive them out of your sight. So you shall possess their land. And as the Lord your God promised you, therefore, be very courageous to keep and to do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, lest you turn aside from it to the right hand or to the left, and lest you go among these nations, these who are remain among you. You shall not make mention of the name of their gods, nor cause anyone to swear by them. You shall not serve them, nor bow down to them, but you shall hold fast to the Lord your God, as you have done to this day. For the Lord has driven out from before you great and strong nations, but as for you, no one has been able to stand against you to this day. One man of you shall chase a thousand, for the Lord your God is he who fights for you, as he promised you. So as we're reading that, you can easily get to the point where it's like, okay, I know. I know, God, you saved me. You saved me from this. You saved me from that. I know, I know, I know. And we can't get to the point where it's just words. We have to really, truly believe it. Because as we see, he gives us another warning says, therefore, take careful heed to yourselves that you love the Lord your God, or else, if indeed you go back and cling to the remnant of these nations, these that remain among you, and make marriages with them, and go into them, and they to you, know for certain that the Lord your God will no longer drive out these nations from before you, but they shall be snares and traps to you, and scourges on your sides and thorns in your eyes, until you perish from this good land which the Lord your God has given you. So I know that's a lot to read, especially when we don't have it on the screen. But if you, if you follow along in that story and you put yourself in the story, it, it made me think about why, why and how could I ever go through a stage where I feel like I'm not growing? When, when I was that same person at my lowest point before I got saved, going through depression drinking six, seven days a week, and, and all types of things that people couldn't even imagine now. And I was just praying for God to change something, and he changed me. 
And yet there can still be moments now where I'll hit the snooze button and, and, and not pray. Or I was at the lowest point where I was like, God, I'm willing to do anything. Just save me, change me. I'll give you everything. And yet, <laughs> pastor's going to want to hear this one. And yet there's still times where I show up late to men's discipleship. So now that makes, I got to be there early now. Got to be there early. See, if I didn't say it on the mic and I hit snooze a little bit and show up five minutes late, I still feel like I did okay. Now everybody knows it. All right. So it's, it's one of those things where, where seriously, if we look at our walks and we could all be doing more. Whether that's outreaching, reading, praying. I, I can't remember who said it earlier about it's hard for God to change situations in your life when you're not in his word, when you're not reading, when you're not praying. Like pastor always says, and it wasn't even until recently where it finally hit me how he says that God's willing to bless us more than we are even willing to ask a lot of times. And it's one of those things where even, even in this short period of time, in two weeks, I've probably seen more things I've tried to get done with my job in the last nine months. I've seen more growth and success and opportunities and doors being opened in the last two weeks than I've seen in the last nine months. And it wasn't even things I've just strictly been praying on, but I just try to do my best to just keep him first and be genuine in my time of prayer. So I'd like to close with a story because this time went by a little faster than expected and I don't see destiny anymore. That means she's probably coming. <laughs> so there's a, there's a story about a potter and a donkey. So with the potter, with his donkey, they would travel a long distance and the donkey would pick up soil and they would take it back to the house. So he used to tie the donkey up halfway through their trip because it was, it was just too long of a, of a trip for the potter to make it the whole way through. So he'd tie the donkey up, and he would just sit under a tree and rest, and then they would go the rest of the way home. Well, one day as he was walking, he realized he didn't have any rope with him to tie the donkey up. So he was really, really worried. He was like, what am I going to do? I know I can't. I know I'm not strong enough to make this whole trip without getting any rest. And I don't want him to leave me. So there was a man who walked past and he said, well, he's been obedient to you all these days. Why don't you just act like you're tying him up and see if that works? So he was desperate. So he said, that's my only option. So he pretended to tie up the donkey to the tree and he dozed off. And when he woke up, he was, he was really startled. And he saw that the donkey was still there. Didn't leave. Didn't go anywhere. So he was happy. And then he walked off. And he was wondering why the donkey wasn't following him anymore. So he, he's frustrated. He's, he's not, he doesn't under, understand what's going on because he needs to get home and he's tired. And he sees that same guy who gave him the advice and was like, well, have you untied him yet? So he goes over there and pretends to untie the donkey and the donkey follows him. And it's one of those things where if we put ourselves in that, in that story and we're that donkey and, and Jesus just grabs, grabs a hold of our hearts and he changes us and he transforms us and renews our mind and we're born again and we're just, we're just happy and we're obedient 
and then reality kicks in. I like to look at reality as free will when we realize, okay, I know I'm saved, but I have free will. I can do this, I can do that, I can do this, I can do that. And we have to get to the point where that donkey didn't even pay attention that he wasn't even tied up. He was just being obedient, and he didn't move until his master said it was time to move. And we can get in this world, and and we know we're saved, and we can be that donkey at that resting point and start to look to the left and look to the right and say, okay, if I wander off here, I'll be back by the time my master wakes up. Or if if I do a little bit of this, nobody will notice. And in this day and age that we're living in, there's a lot of crazy stuff going on in this world. And I'm not one of those that really watches the news that much. What I like to do whenever I see global news, I look at the Bible and I check with the news instead of checking the news and looking at the Bible because you can go crazy. And a lot of things that we're seeing now with nations that are lined up in end times, there's, there's countries that are allied together now that have never been in, in the course of world history and weren't even in that same spot five years ago. So tomorrow is not promised. Whether, it's a, whether you could pass away, whether Jesus could come back, it could be tomorrow, next month, 10 years, it doesn't matter. But at the end of the day, now is not the time for us to relax. Now is not the time for us not to grow. Like each and every one of you guys in this place, God has multiple people, multiple situations that we're attached to. We might not even know it now. But if we're not in a spot of growing, we're going to miss it. And the worst thing we could do is get into heaven and, and know that there was a couple more people who were supposed to be with us. The Bible says in James that if we endure, that we'll receive the crown of life. And that should be a goal for each and every one of us. It doesn't mean, hey, if you never make a mistake or if you don't ever fall short, it just says to endure. So when we fall, we have to get back up just like Jesse was talking about. Because we, we have a role. It doesn't matter whether... You feel like you do a lot or do a little. We all have a role. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for an opportunity to just come together as a body, Lord Jesus, and just to praise you, to worship you, to give to you, to just be able to just hear your word preached, Lord Jesus. We thank you for all the men who came up here this evening, Lord Jesus. We thank you for the change that you've brought upon all our lives, Lord Jesus. And Lord God, I just pray that everyone in this place will be able to experience your grace, experience that transformation that was talked about, Lord Jesus. Experience the growth. Experience just having the favor of the Lord. And if there's anybody in this place tonight who has never accepted you as their Lord and Savior, I want to give them an opportunity to come to you, Lord Jesus to be transformed, to realize, like was talking about earlier, that no matter what you've done in the past, no matter what we've done in the past, it's under the blood when we accept you, Lord Jesus. That you don't, you don't hold any grudges against us, Lord God. Your word tells us that while we were yet sinners, you died for us. You cared for us, and you still love us. Pastor always tells us about how God is so loving, he'll love you all the way to hell if you choose to go there. But this time tonight, we we have an opportunity to make a choice, to make a choice to serve you, to make a choice to accept you as our Lord and Savior. And if if anyone's in this place with heads bowed and eyes closed and 
And you can say, that's me. I, I've never really accepted Jesus. I've, I've had a head knowledge of him, but I've never truly given him my heart. I've never truly surrendered to him. I've never experienced that, that born again transformation. If that's you, I just ask for you to just lift up your hands. I want to pray for you. And maybe you're here tonight and, and you can relate that you've given your life to Jesus, but you've had moments where it's just not growing. Moments where you know that the fire that you once had isn't there. And, and one lie that, that we hear a lot of times is that when you get saved and you're just, you just want to save the whole world, you want to tell everybody that you know about Jesus, that over time it's supposed to, that fire, it's, it's not supposed to go away. It's supposed to grow. And maybe you're in this place tonight and, and you just want to get a fresh touch from God and just, just be just closer to him so you can be used more. Maybe if that's you in this place, I just want to pray for you. With that being said, the altars are open. Feel free to find a place and do business with the Lord. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.